0: So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Today on Second Wind, the podcast, I have the privilege of sharing a wonderful woman and a really interesting story with you. Her name is Annie Singh and she's written a book called The Journey into Simple Living, which is about self-care practices for busy women. And that doesn't even matter what age you are. That applies to all ages. I gave it to one of my daughter's bridesmaids, um, who definitely works a lot and needs some self-care. Really fun, easy book to read and makes a lot of sense. And I met Annie at a businesswoman of Fayette and Coweta County meeting back, we think at least five years ago. And I didn't know much about her, but I knew she was like this put together energy. I just felt it. I'm like, wow, she's pretty cool. I wonder what she does. And I, and I would see her on Facebook, but we never really crossed paths. And then I saw these, these little Facebook, almost like ads asking for people to come to her meeting of the minds. And it was talking about business people getting together, sharing, sharing stories, but having a guest speaker with interesting conversation about things we're all going through. And one thing that was really cool about this was she was giving part of her proceeds to a charity. And at that point I had a charity. I'm like, oh, well, I should go to this to see how I can get money from my charity. But I ended up turning over my charity to another charity and I just kind of didn't, follow through with the charity part, but I always kept an eye on this woman. And flash forward, we just started talking at the last meeting and BWFC meeting. And I was like, girl, you wrote a book. I think we need to have you on the podcast. I bet you have a story there. And boy, does she ever. So without further ado, welcome Annie to second win the podcast. Thank you, Wendy. It's really great to be here. I'm so excited. I know we've been
1: crossing paths for many years and now we're here together and I'm just very, very excited. I'm excited to share what I have with women so we can empower one another, which is very much needed these days.
0: Absolutely. And I really appreciate your time. Because it's not just a little hour here. We do a pre-call, we do all this stuff, and then we we land on the day and we make it happen. So thank you so much. So let's start from that moment, that thing that kind of changed your trajectory, made you rethink where you're going, what this looks like for the second half of your life. Can you share that with us?
1: Of course. So as you know, women go through many different stages of their lives and I call them chapters and it so happened that I ended up writing a book. So it was last year when we we're going through the pandemic, my brother was taken into surgery for heart bypass and the night before his surgery, I spoke to him and I remember saying, "Hey, you got this. You'll be fine." And he said, "Yeah, you know, In a few days, I'll be home. I'll be home over the weekend and all of that. Tomorrow after surgery, doctor wants me to get up and walk. Well, he went into surgery on July 14th. And 12 hours later, he went into cardiac arrest in the wee hours of the morning. And they were not able to revive him. My brother and I were best friends. And we were only one and a half years apart. So obviously, it was devastating news. You know, I learned it at 830 in the morning on a Wednesday morning, and my phone was off, even though in the middle of the night, I got up, didn't think that it was anything, but I couldn't go back to sleep. And that was the time he was actually in cardiac arrest. Oh, my gosh. Yes. How old was
0: he, Annie? He, He was 52.
1: And it really shook my world, because he was so young, he wanted to live so very, very badly. And he even wrote a note to us the night before his surgery saying, hopefully this never comes into effect. But if it does, I want to let you know, I love each and every one of you. He wrote a note. He wrote a note. Yeah, he wrote a note, and he had changed his will. And he in his note, like I said, he said, I want to just let you know that you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So you need to live each and every day to its fullest and be in the moment. And I didn't really it didn't, all of that didn't register. All I was thinking about was how deep our grief was it was just I felt the days after I was drowning,
0: Aww.
1: like in a, you know, in the ocean and water all over me and I couldn't breathe. And it was just the most horrific thing. One week later, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, And it just came to me, oh my gosh, I have to write a book and the book is going to be about being in the moment, being present in our lives and how fleeting life is, how fragile it is and how we really need to take control of the, you know, the seconds we have and just savor and cherish our loved ones because... I've realized that we've already lived half of our lives. Those of us in our 50s, we've already lived half of our lives. And my brother had wanted to live so very badly. He would always say, I know I have to slow down. I know I have to take things easy, but he didn't know how to. And I realized that busy women, and I've always connected to women, busy women know they need to, but they don't know how to. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to write this book on self care. That's, that's amazing. That's how it all
0: started. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough loss. That's tough. And I would imagine that this kind of download about writing the book and to do it then, think your brother had something to do with that. Of course. Yes, definitely.
1: He was, I dedicated the book to Roy. I dedicated the book to my kids. And I dedicated the book to, women who are courageous enough to embark on this journey. And I called my book journey into simple living because a simple life takes time. Self-care takes time. It's not a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so you have to start out slowly. You have to train your mind. You have to train yourself physically for it Mm -hmm. in order for it to be sustainable So Roy, what has been? I would say I've been wanting to write a book for the last ten years, and I just toyed with many different themes, many different genres, and nothing really stuck with me. I wasn't passionate about any one thing, but I think God just kind of put various pieces of my life together, and just you know, I just turned fifty-five this year, and just the fact that Roy had passed, and he, the overriding. His overriding yearning in his life was, I want to slow down. I want to slow down. I know I need to slow down, but I don't know how to. And I hear that over and over, not just from men, but from women. We're living in a crazy world where a lot of us are just doing and doing and doing. And in a way, that's fine, but you have to have a purpose. You have to know where you're going. And you have to take the intentional steps to get there. If you're just a victim of deviations and procrastinations and, and all of that, you're never going to go to the place you really want to get to.
0: And you're so. so right. You're so right. And I heard a quote today, funny, didn't realize that this would come up, but success is not acquiring the things you think you need to live success is learning that you don't need the things right to live. And I just thought that was so profound. And I, I didn't know that I had listened to it two or three times. I kept rewinding to hear it. I probably didn't even say it right. The message is there. And, and you're, you're saying that it just kind of goes hand in hand. Right.
1: And even in the book, I have a section called needs versus wants. Yes. Okay. It's okay to acquire things. I love I love fine things. I love beautiful things. I, you know, I have a home that's filled with antiques and I love my jewelry, but you have to be able to balance. You have to be, I think, not be a victim of our desires. And so once again, it comes back to living an intentional life and taking care of ourselves, not be reactionary, not be there for everyone, not be saying yes at 100% of the time, but maybe saying no 90% of the time so you can say yes to the things that mean the most to you.
0: So well said, girl. Let's go back because now you've dropped all these little nuggets of wisdom on us. Let's go back and find out who is Annie. Tell us about you, how you grew up, where you grew up. Bring us up to this point. So I was actually born in Guyana in South
1: America. And so Guyana is one of the smaller countries. It's nestled between Venezuela and Brazil. Not very many people know about it. It was invaded by the British hundreds of years ago, and thus the name British Guyana. But in 1966, the very year I was born and the very month I was born, we gained independence from from the British government. So Guyana became its own country. And so there's quite a few British influences I've inherited. Drinking tea in the afternoon. (laughs) Putting the U in a lot of words. That's a neighbor. And so I have to, sometimes I'll have to, I'll catch myself doing that. But um, loving, just relaxing and just being with family and friends. You know, that kind of like the... I would say kind of like the estate living lifestyle and just, you know, being brought up in the tropics where I would run around and play hide and seek with my brothers and cousins and pick mangoes from the tree. And I did, we did not have a TV until I was 16 years old. Wow. And then at 17 years old, I moved to United States. It was my solo maiden journey. And I lived in Minnesota for a couple of years and then my parents joined. My siblings also joined. And it was very interesting because my parents came with $100 each in their pocket. That was all they were, they were allowed to bring.
0: But well, let me ask you a question. What made you leave? Sounds like Diana? Yeah. What made you
1: leave? So my my mom's one of seven kids and my aunt... And her husband moved to Minnesota for, for college. He went, my uncle went to University of Minnesota and he had a host family who sponsored him. And so they ended up getting their green card. And so they in turn sponsored the entire family and took about like 10 years for oh, wow. all of us to get there. So, yeah, so I grew up in Minnesota, went to University of Minnesota, got my master's my degrees in Minnesota were microbiology and a minor in English. So my love for writing has been, yeah, for many decades. I was pre-med, never, that never came to life, but it was okay because God intended different things for me. Right. So I ended up getting my master's and then started working, working for a group of cardiologists The whole time when I would, even when I was 17, I started volunteering. So giving back to the community has always been very, very important to me in my life. When I was a little girl growing up, my dad was a physician assistant. I would trail behind him as he did house visits. And it was very beautiful because folks back then and over there didn't have very much money. And so we'd open our front door in the morning and there would be a sack of mangoes or oh, yes. or seafood, or it was just really beautiful. But I learned, I learned about compassion and empathy and service to the community through my dad. And it was just, it's just been one of those values I I really believe in wholeheartedly. So for me, giving back to the community it should be an integral part of our lives it should be not just you know optional it should be necessary
0: totally agree with you yes
1: so yes then in 2000 the year 2000 the man that I ended up marrying he and I moved to Singapore and we were there for 10 years and our daughter Olivia was born in Singapore. And then we moved to Dubai. And Connor was born in Dubai. So we have international kids. (laughs) In 2013, we decided to move back to the United States, but we didn't want to go back to Minnesota. It was just too cold. So a friend of ours had visited us in Dubai and said, I know the perfect place for you to come back to and raise your kids. And so I said, we said, where is that? said, Petrie City, Georgia.
0: (laughs) So here we are. Petrie City, Georgia, 2021. Okay. Yes. So take us through that because you're you're not married still. I'm not married still. So in
1: 2020 in 2013, when we moved here, I was a mommy. You know, my boy was only two years old. So I ended up working part-time and mark- doing various marketing positions and raising our kids. And it was just really different you know, just coming back after being overseas for 14 years. And yeah, at that point, I had traveled to almost 30 countries. Ah. And so just being overseas and seeing different cultures, but I have to say that of all the countries I've visited and experienced that there's no greater place in the United States. Yes, I still consider this my home. That's so you funny. know, and then Just reality just set in and I was in a marriage that was already kind of failing and there were no frills anymore. And so it was all raw and I decided it was time to say goodbye. So it was probably, you know, they always say there's a straw that breaks the camel's back and you just know you come to a point and you have to draw the line in the sand. Well, I did. And yeah.
0: Yeah. What did that look like? What was the final straw? The final
1: straw, I think, was just knowing that there was no respect. And for me, respect is my number one value in all of my relationships. I, For me, I, I feel respect comes before love. Mm. In order for us to have give and experience true love, there has to be respect. I know some people differ, but that's how I feel. So it was, yes, it was, it was, I would say it wasn't the hardest decision I had to make because there was so much that had accumulated over the years that when I finally, it was time to draw the line in the sand, I just drew it. And so I've never looked back. But I have to say, one of the beautiful things, if there is a beautiful thing about not being with that person is we have been able to raise our kids well together and co-parent quite nicely. Olivia is just graduated from Macintosh, and she's going to Georgia Tech. And I have a 10-year-old
0: who is just an amazing young man. so. So that's a good ending to that. Yes. A tough time for you. Yeah. So what happened next? So you you're gonna you're getting divorced and you're now what are you saying? Because you were a stay-at-home mom, basically. I was you're a stay at home mom stuff. and I was working part-time
1: because you know moms wear moms wear many different hats. We are just naturally drawn to taking care of our family. So I like a lot of women, balance my career and my home life. And my son was actually very sick when he was four years old, and he was in hospital for eleven days. Oh, it wow. just made me realize because we almost lost him. I thought, "Wow, that's very scary." So I've held on to him since, you know, not just physically but emotionally. And and he's just such an amazing person. While I was going through my divorce, I decided I wanted more freedom i wanted to spend more time with my kids i wanted more flexibility and i had i had gathered so much information so many skills so much vision that i said i'm going to start my own company i'm going to start my own marketing company i have all these great ideas i'm connected to the community and i love bringing people together i love building people up i love And whether it's a personal brand or professional brand, I love doing it. It gives me purpose. Being a writer, I'm able to create really anything, whether it's an event or a collateral or a magazine article. And so I thought one door had closed behind me, but so many other doors had opened for me. And I wanted to open. Pen a door deliberately, intentionally. So I opened the door of entrepreneurship. And so I started my company, COA Consulting. And I had brainstormed many different names, but I decided on COA consulting because I wanted Olivia and Connor's name to be part of the name of my company because they're part of my life and they were always be. So I also named it because I had the word consulting in it because I thought I wanted it to have like an overriding, an umbrella brand under which many different parts can reside. And so, yeah, if you take a look at my logo, you'll notice that all three letters are touching because I believe in unity within the family and unity within the community. So it's it's been all intentional.
0: <laughs> so how long has this business been up and running?
1: So I started my company in 2017 fall 2017 okay. October of
0: 2017. So and then you you then bravely decided to start the a uh, mastermind. Yes, yeah, so there are so many different
1: parts, of COA consulting. One, like I said, I love bringing people together. I love connecting folks because there's so much synergy and we don't always have to be tearing one another apart. We don't always have to be competitive. Even within competitiveness, you can find synergy in order to build the community better, to make it more, more cohesive. And so I started Meeting of the Minds, and that's a platform that brings entrepreneurs together and help find ways to help them grow. Another platform I created, because I've always been a huge advocate for women, I created I'm Phenomenal Women Celebrate Greatness. So every single year, I bring women together during a seminar and then also engage in monthly powwows and that's to foster personal development for women.
0: That is, that's really, really good stuff, Annie. And and it just seems like you just go, you know, you don't stop. You just keep creating and showing up. So, so what does that look like for you? How do you, how do you do that? Okay. So many of us just get stopped. Oh, this is an idea I have. Oh, okay. And then off to go do the laundry or go to the store or something else happens. And that just goes by the wayside, how did you keep that going? So for me,
1: and I, I get asked that question quite a bit. So for me, I, I always come back to my big, the big picture. Like, how do I want to live my life? I, I have, my company itself is founded on three values, ICE, ICE. So I stands for Integrity. C stands for compassion and creativity, and E stands for excellence. So for me, excellence runs throughout my life. So excellence in everything I do, excellence in my relationships, excellence in how I give back, excellence in how I serve my clients. I go above and beyond Integrity, we have to have integrity. We have to have, we have to stand by our word because someone above is watching, right? So, and then the creativity piece of it, just being a writer, you know, and just being an artist. I, a lot of people don't know this, but I don't own a TV. What? I don't own a TV. <laughs> I have not owned a TV since 2016. And so, Not owning a TV means not watching TV, which takes up a lot of our time. So people will ask, like, "How do you find time to do everything?" Well, I don't own a TV. Really? (laughs) Do you think it's that big of a time suck? I think so. Like, that's just one thing. So sometimes people will will be, you know, in front of a tube for three hours. So for me, I have, you know, I go for walks or you know, I write a note, or I'll visit a friend, or I'll, Connor and I go for walks every night after dinner. And so I'm just once again, it comes down to being intentional with our lives. And it may sound a little boring, but actually, it's not because we as humans do like routine. And I'm also hyper focused. For example, if I know, what my goal, we have to we have to have goals. We have to have goals. So if I always plan, like on a Sunday, I'll sit down and plan my entire week. So I slot in on Monday is usually a day where I don't have meetings unless they're emergency meetings, so I'll make sure I'm sitting down and I'm being very creative. I'm thinking, I'm writing, I'm planning a little bit more. And then Tuesday through Friday, I've, what I've been doing is I've only been having maybe like anywhere between two to four things going on, because one of the things that it comes back down to self-care too. A lot of times we'll be running around like one meeting after the next, and we don't have time to reflect what happened during that meeting, or even how shall I conduct the meeting that's coming up in 15 minutes? Of course, you've already planned for that one meeting, but the part that you haven't planned for is what your brain can give to you or provide to you 15 minutes before that meeting, maybe another brilliant idea, you know, and that's only if your brain is well oiled at that
0: time, if that really makes sense. So yeah, your energy, if you have the energy, if you have
1: everything in alignment, right? Right. So I try to just have time, you know, like 45 minutes before I'm meeting and not feeling. And I try not to be easily distracted. Like, for example, a phone call will, you know, come through and it'll just go to voicemail. And I've also learned to say no a lot. I've also learned to say no quite a bit. So
0: that's important. Yeah, it is.
1: And it also gives you a sense of peace and it gives you, you're able to experience more joy in what you're doing, whether it's working. I also make sure that whatever I'm doing for work is giving me great joy. So of course, anything that deals with writing, I'm just, just all over it (laughs) and planning and creating. And, and so when we, when we have more downtime, we're more, we come up with better ideas Mm -hmm you know because our mind is free it's able to do its work.
0: Yeah, you're you're 100% right. When you the the big thing the big push is to be silent, right? To be silent and allow and surrender yes. to whatever happens.
1: Yes. And I don't rush anymore. I used to rush when I was in my 20s and 30s and 40s and I don't rush anymore. I just I feel I can accomplish so much more when I don't rush. So immediate gratification is also another culprit in our lives. And so I try, I know where my weaknesses are. I love to shop. So I don't go to the, I don't go to the shops and (laughs) I go into my closet and I say, look at all the beautiful clothes you already have, you know, which ones are you wanting to give away? Which ones do you want to keep? you haven't worn something in three months, maybe you should pick it up. And and I think too, just coming from being brought up in a developing country where there wasn't very much, we had gone through a decade where we were not allowed to consume any imports in Guyana, where my mom, I'd, you know, watch my mom line up for one loaf of bread to feed six a family of six and so or just having one one chicken to last us the whole week so for me I'm just I just I'm just content with with what I have if that makes sense yeah. I'm just I don't I know I can have more but I try to have less because I know I can be happy with less that's it right
0: there. That's the key. Finding joy Mm -hmm. with what you have, not what you think you need. Right. Right. That's what we're saying. Right. And when I was going up,
1: it was like that too. It was was all about family and it was all about friends and, and all of that. And we can have the things in life that gives us the most joy, that gives us the greatest happiness are the free things. Grabbing on to everything else. It's right in front of us. You know, taking care, taking time for ourselves and, and just taking time for our family and just looking into our lover's eyes or, or holding her, or, or, you know, our child's little hands and all of that. Those are the things that give us joy. So just stay with those, you know, and maybe that's my being just a writer, an artist, and so I think a little differently.
0: I don't know. <laughs> uh, those, this, these, these are good thoughts. This is, this is good reminding to be grateful. I mean, that's basically what you're saying. But Annie, um, one thing you said to me before was you always choose courage over fear. And you go to sit down to write this book. Where did you get your inspiration from? Like how did you, it's very well organized and you've got some really great tips in there. Where did those come from? So, okay. So a couple things. So
1: when I knew I wanted to write this book, because after Roy passed, it just came to mind like at three o'clock in the morning. I said, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I want to write. Now I'm ready to write and I'm going to write a book on self-care. Then I thought my marketing brain just went into, you know, into gear. And I said, Well, who am I going to write this book for? And I thought, I've always been a huge advocate for women, I, I have a great connection with the women in the community. I get women, I get single moms, I get 50 year olds I, you know, my grandparents, my grandmothers have been my greatest inspiration. they have been wise and Kind and strong, and also just recently having lost Roy, I realized our time is fleeting. Life's fragile, and so how do we savor the time we have left? The time we have left on Earth, a second gone can never be recovered unless it's in memory. You know, in and so. But a second is a second but I thought okay, we can we can get more time even though I'm 55 and already you know spent over half of my life on earth and I thought okay we can stretch those seconds we have and the seconds how can we stretch them we can stretch them by being in a moment by being present. sometimes you're in a conversation with your with a friend and you're sitting and having coffee and you're just chatting about nothing or everything, just you and her. Right. Uh And don't you feel like you're just in a moment You're just enjoying one another? Just that's stretching the seconds. That's savoring time. That's, that's just like, you're not paying attention. And so time slows down. Yeah. And so, even though it's a second or 10 minutes or a hundred minutes, it becomes a thousand because you've, you've taken, and then sometimes you're doing something and you said, where did that hour go? Because you're here and there and everywhere. Right. And you don't even remember what happened. Right. When you, when you look at, when you compare that one hour to the, you know, where you're bouncing around running here and there and, the other hour you spent with your girlfriend, which seemed like three hours. How can how do you compare those two? What value do you put? Not the just the value, but it's almost like it's three hours versus one hour, maybe three hours versus one 10 minutes. Yeah. So that you asked about my how did I put the book together? So I I've been writing for a long time. For so I have a writing process. I know. A couple of things about my writing process. Number one, it can't be forced. If I have a project due in a couple of weeks, I don't start it a night before. I will never do my best work. I have to start it two weeks before where I'm doing, where I'm, a lot of times ideas will be stewing in my head and it it's buzzing around and buzzing around kind of like bees in a hive. And then then I know I, it just starts bubbling out, you know, bubbling over. And then I know I have to sit down, but I know I have to be completely quiet. I have to get everyone out of my house. And then that's when I, the words just gush on paper. So every writer is different. A lot of my inspiration comes from within my also, of course, external, but the motivation and the dedication comes from within. I know, I knew that I wanted to finish this book by Roy's birthday, which was November 29th. I had a goal and that was my way of honoring him. So I knew I only had like six months, less than six months to write this book. And I said to myself, how am I going to make that? Plus, you know, I had hired a graphic designer, but because my why was so incredibly powerful. It was so incredibly strong. If you look at the front cover of my book, there's a dove in flight and the dove represents a quest for serenity and simplicity. But we had also released doves during
0: Roy's funeral. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yes.
1: Right. So I knew I wanted a single powerful image in the front. And once again, in the middle of the night, I had toyed with many different images and that one came to mind. So it was just putting that one element together. And then I knew I wanted my book to not be 400 pages. I knew I wanted it to be something that women can just slip into their purses, can just put at their bedside table. I knew I wanted it to be interactive. I knew I wanted it to last a long time with a woman's, for it to be a woman's companion. She can put it in her keepsake box. So her daughter, decades later her granddaughter can look back and say these are the ways grandma wrote about loving herself because there's one part of the book that asks how do you love yourself what are the small and big ways you love about yourself the small and big things so so i thought of all of those things and so i knew i had to write six to eight hours a day Mm. you know and so i i said no to dinners, I said no to lunches, I said, sometimes said no to just leaving my house and going for a coffee. I had I planned it out. I planned it out. I knew I, I wanted it to be so many pages. And so a part of it was the craft piece of it. Now, the ex- exercises, one of the things that I didn't do was I did not get on the internet. I wanted everything to be organic. I wanted, if you read my book, you'll see none of the practices need a dollar bill from your, from your wallet. It was That's what I love about your book. Yeah. Going through, I, I deliberately didn't say go and get a manicure and pedicure at a spa. Uh, I wanted my mom, I used to watch her do her own manicures and pedicures at home and I wrote about that you know helpful hands Our hands are the most what would we do without our hands? Do you ever take a look at the palm of your hands? you know if some if we were to make a mold out of it and another 10 women in the room which would, would you know which one which hand belongs to you? the inside? No, you yeah, probably I don't know. know.
0: That's a right, right? Because we never,
1: these are helpful hands. We never take the time to look at these. This is, you know, part of our miracle, but we never do. So I would say, yes. I mean, I really have been very, when I was writing, I was very, very passionate. I really want women to understand and seek self-care because, If we don't do it, who will do it for us? Who will take care of us if we
0: don't take care of ourselves? Right. Well said. Well (laughs) said. And I love that, that you're not, because so many things you listen to or ads are like, hey, make yourself feel better. Come spend a day at the spa. Come do this. And all those things are great. Massages are great. Going and doing the next best thing. Those are all great. But I like how you get back to the very basic of, you know, Go for a walk outside. You know, one of the things that is supposed to be very grounding, especially right now during this um, this shift in our planets right now is as we get rid of this energy that's kind of disintegrating under our feet, we need to be grounded. So to be outside barefoot in the dirt is supposed to be very, very grounding. Now that doesn't cost anything. It doesn't.
1: And even for that one practice about wonder, I call it wonder. Just I asked women, you know, take your shoes off and feel the ground beneath you. Yeah. You know, watch, just take a look at her, how the grass is, you know, has curled, you know, around your toes and press firmly or, you know, stand softly. You know, you're connected with nature that way. And it's just a really beautiful thing for us to be connected. One of my favorite things to do is going for walks in the evenings. Sometimes, a lot of times, I'll go for a walk in the mornings too. And it's just me, the golf cart path behind my home, actually, just down below is Lake Kedron. And it takes me from the golf cart path to the lake. It takes me probably about, I would say 20 seconds and a lot of times I'll just go there and just stand and just, and it's just completely serene, you know, because of where we are by the lake there and it's just, or I'll just stand there and watch, you know, the other day I just stood there and a rabbit just was just right. All of a sudden she was just there and she was just by the side of the path and she just looked at me and I looked at her. And she just kept on staring at me and I stared back at her (laughs) and she just did not move. And I didn't know if she was just very scared or very surprised or she was just like, "Okay, maybe I don't know. I'm going to wait to see what she's going to do. But it was so beautiful. I just looked, you know, and I'll the other day just banked a corner and there was a deer just right there, like two, literally two feet away from me. But I did not have my phone. And that's another thing. I don't take my phone when I go for a walk in the woods Mm. and it is
0: very safe, but just leave. I really believe in that. I love that. I love that. You just, you found (laughs) some really interesting things to share and you have so many words of wisdom, right? So if you were to sum up some things that you've learned on your journey, that you think really embody what you're all about, what would those be? Things I've learned.
1: So I've learned that, and we keep hearing about how life is short and fleeting and fragile. And it is, it is, you know, we, one of the things that we're definitely sure about is our mortality Mm -hmm. here on earth. And not all of us believe that there is life after death. And so we just have to, I mean, I really, truly, truly believe that our the time is going really fast, really fast. And, you know, it's been a year since Roy passed. And I just can't believe, you know, we'll be doing a celebration of life for him in Florida uh, during the 4th of July was his last weekend alive. So and I think, too, is where I've come from, just from being born in a developing country, having lived in Asia, where I've traveled to Vietnam and Cambodia, and I've seen poverty and I've seen women who have this great hunger to be more. And they have no opportunities because what society has done for them in terms of suppressing them and all of that. And so for me living in the, in the greatest nation on earth, I have so many opportunities. And so why not seize them? Yeah. You know, why not? And just in, and if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for those women, you know, who are being abused (laughs) in their homes or in their countries and,
0: And live for them, if not for yourself. Wow. Well said. So has there ever been a time, because you seem like someone that I know I admire who can just go for it, surrender, listen to the downloads that come to you, follow through. Was there ever a time that you that you doubted and you recoiled and didn't move forward? And what, if that, if there was a time like that, how did you break from that to not do that anymore?
1: Okay. So I think my greatest regret woman to woman is having stayed in a marriage for 17 years because very early on, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out, but I stayed and stayed and you tell yourself lies, you feed yourself lies, and everyone else around you is saying, What? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And why are you doing this? Why do you continue to do this? And you stay because of your kids. And you stay because you want to give that person the second chance. And you stay because you're doubting yourself, that inner voice. And I never ever want to do that again. I think my greatest rewards from that relationship are my kids. and so they're my legacy. And so I can I don't have, because of them, I that relationship has not been awash. But I'll never ever doubt myself again and and I'll never not listen to my inner voice because we really, I think as women, we smother that and we allow the culture and society and others and we keep self second guessing stuff ultimately that inner voice or heart is what really will speak its or true and so when we're quiet once again the self care piece when we're quiet then that voice becomes louder and ultimately that's what that's what should be driving us.
0: Yeah. And bring us to our highest self and our alignment and our purpose. And, and in that, we, we kind of bring each other up and together. And it's like, I go places and it's just like, oh, I have a new friend. And it, it just everything just seems, for lack of a better way to say it, rosier. Yes. No, I don't, I don't know. It sounds cliche, but it's it's just true. And you are a living example of this. What would be, Annie, your you had like a mantra. Do you have a mantra? Do you have something you say to yourself every day when you wake up, or do you meditate on something every day, or is there something you look at every day that keeps you moving forward in the right direction? What 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 is that? Well, for me, I feel that as long as we have
1: life, we have, we have been given life. And so we should take, we should take that and run,
0: yeah. you
1: know, I mean, there are folks who live for five days, there are yeah. babies who live for five days. I worked in the ICU, the pizza ICU. I've had, I've seen babies die in front of me. I've seen parents just double over because They have terminally ill children. We've been given life. You know, I I lost my brother. I almost lost my son years ago. And so I know it sounds harsh, and we all we're all enduring pain at some level, but you know, find ways to get over it because we have the gift of life. And so for me, just waking up knowing that I have the gift of life that God's given me this. And he's given me a purpose and and I'm here to serve him, then just do your work, I say to myself, do what you were called to do, you know. Of course, you know, and so a lot of times people will say, Don't you ever feel blue or depressed? No, I don't. It's very rare. I I get I experience a lot of angst because of my teenager, <laughs> but he's a teenager. But, um, you know, and also like, once again, I keep saying, you know, I came, I grew up in developing country. I always tell my, my daughter this, when I was in high school, I would go to class and our teacher wouldn't show up. Why did your teacher not show up mama? Because we didn't have a teacher, mm. you know, but we were all so hungry to learn that my friends and I would pour over one Dog eared textbook to self learn.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yes. So don't whine that you have to study for the ACT and you have five books beside you and you can be tutored and, you know, on all of that. So it's really about looking at the glass half full and being, like you said, being grateful, grateful for the little things because because I've been able to experience so much like the entire continuum of life in terms of uh, of hardships. I'm, I can be, I I have a reference point that's very real and real and raw. And so I always have that yardstick to work with.
0: Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. That is so well said girl. You just like, Keep dropping <laughs> these things, things to just munch on and, and digest and, and use in our everyday life. I want to um, share with people your book, how to get your book, how to get in touch with you. Share. Okay. So, Journey into Simple Living Self Care
1: Practices for Busy Women has a thoughtful collection of 75 self care practices resources and reflective exercises, including a self-care vision board and a self-care calendar. So my recommendation is I tell women, it takes 21 days to develop a habit, good or bad. So it just comes the same for self-care. If you have, if you're wanting, you have to choose a simple living journey though. You have to, that's the very first step to choose it. And then you embark on it This book will help you do so. Like I said, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a race. It's not a jog. Um, It's going to take time. So, but you can fold one self-care after the other in your life. And then it will gently shift the negatives out of your life. Whether it's a situation, it's a feeling, it's a person. One example of a self-care activity I talked about, wrote about is just lighting a candle. That's one of my favorite things to do. Have you ever like not have any lights on in your home when just before it turns dark? Light candles. It doesn't have to be for a romantic dinner. It doesn't have to be because you have a power out. Yeah,
0: you don't need a reason.
1: You don't have to. Yes. Right. Well, the reason can be very simple. So I light candles when I'm with my kids for dinner. When Connor and I are having dinner, I light candles. And it's very beautiful. It brings the mood down, especially when I have a teenager at the dining room table. And we're the conversation actually makes a different, takes a different turn. You know, you start talking about things. Your your actually your voice is lowered because you have a candle. That's so interesting. You know, and you don't have to play. You don't have to play soft music. You can dine by candlelight. It's um, so just something that simple, and you realize that one of the things that Connor said to me the other day was, "Mommy, Abe, Abe." actually probably wrote by candlelight that's abraham Lincoln, yeah. and he connor loves history but it just gave him a perspective on life like way back then yes. that's where people lived and and so we actually lit the candle and i have a fountain pen that my my sweetie got me when we were visited uh paris a couple of years ago and he you know we were writing with the fountain pen by candlelight oh, to yeah. <laughs> just, you know, to just recapture the old days when Abe wrote his, you know, whatever it was he wrote. But, um, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk forever. That's the, that's hey, the thing with you. So, just yes. so
0: much good stuff. Right. So,
1: oh yeah. My, about the book. How yes. How do we get yeah. the book? So you can, so you can get a book on Amazon if you, not everyone supports Amazon, because as my son says, mommy, do you know Jeff Bezos make $200 million a day?
0: Wow. (laughs) And So
1: he does $200 million a day. So that's his, that's what he gets. So I encourage women to gather the book through me for their loved ones and if it can be for themselves. It's a great gift for, for women. It's a great gift for men to give their girls the women yes. lives. And I've actually had men bought my book for themselves. Um I would personally sign each copy. I always ask that person, tell me a little bit about yourself. So do we, do? do we call you? Um do you have you an email call you can, you can call me or you can send me an email at Annie Korn. Okay. It's my email is Annie at Annie You can also go on my website, which is COA consulting services.com to get my book. And I offer workshops I offer speaking engagements, a book signings. I've had some folks who said, "Why didn't you come and do a meet meet the author event? Where you know maybe we can do a breakfast meeting and just serve coffee and some pastries and hang around." And I I'm willing to share my story and my why, and also my. How I ended up writing my process, my writing process. I've had some potential authors reach out to me saying, Can can you meet? I want to hear about how you went ahead writing this book. Yeah. How do you and start? Yes, how to start because and how to be how to sustain the writing process because it got really hard at some point when I really did not want to be sitting in the chair for the fourth hour. <laughs> I wanted to go over and have a glass of wine with my friend. But I promised myself I was going to sit for six hours and write. And that's what and you have to stay with that. You know, if you create a schedule, you have to stay with it. And it just ended up working out that way very nicely for me. It's it takes dedication and it it is an expensive process to, to write a book and publish it. Yeah. But yeah. it's well yeah. for me, Journey into Simple Living is not just words on paper. It's a platform that will help change lives. And I've had women come up to me and just say, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this and start crying.
0: Oh my gosh, Annie.
1: Yes, I've had women say, I need this so badly in my life right now. And that's when I know that I've hit my mark.
0: I'm with you. That happens with the podcast too. Yeah, we're both in that platform thing where we're this is where we're supposed to be and to serve others and to share the stories and the things that raise us up. Annie, I'm going to put all this good stuff in the show notes. I can't thank you enough for your time today. I I told you this would be organic and what happens happens. And it was fantastic. And the things you said were perfect. So thank you so much for your time. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, Go ahead and breathe in your second wind.